0: Welcome to Mile High Magazine. Mile High Magazine takes a look at the issues and people shaping events in Colorado, presented by the Public Affairs Department of Bonneville, Denver. Here's your host, Murphy Houston. And welcome into another edition of Mile High Magazine. I am Murphy Houston. Happy Sunday. Always interesting to bring in some friends we know on occasion to talk about stuff they know best, and today is no exception. I have the chief medical officer for Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children, Doctor Reggie Washington. Can I call you Reg? You, you may. Don't have to be be official. And <laughs> just uh, don't call me Reginald.
1: That's what my mother used
0: to call me when I was in trouble. I was going to say when you were in trouble. <laughs> right. Well, uh, Reggie took care of my older daughter Carrie many years ago, and she had a, a heart uh, problem. and And thank you for that, because she's a healthy. Loving human being that's now a teacher.
1: Good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. We need more teachers. So tell her I said hello.
0: I will do that. So I was telling Reggie uh, earlier this spring I was emceeing the March of Dimes walk over at City Park. And there was this huge, like a trailer, for lack of a better term, a mobile home. And I'm thinking, what is that? So I had to go in and look. It is incredible. It is a, a mobile training center that's put out by Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children. So I thought, i got to get somebody in here to talk about. So who do they send? The the man himself, <laughs> Dr. Reggie Washington. So, Reggie, talk about this. What is the Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children Mobile Training Center? Well, let me, for your
1: listeners, uh, paint a picture, if I may. It's a large recreational vehicle, an RV. Oh, it's big. That we had custom-made from the ground up. And what it is, if you look at the very rear of it, It mimics an ambulance bay uh, in size and dimension. And you move up, the next unit uh, within the RV is a nursery, so you have uh, um, an isolette, which is where you take critically ill premature babies, and those dimensions are absolutely accurate as well. And then you go up to the front of it, and it mimics a hospital bed, so it can be an intensive care unit or a regular hospital bed. The other thing, the other feature it has that's rather unique, it has four uh, mannequins that are uh, very digital and very high fidelity, and we can oh, yeah. control all the vital signs. So let me give your listeners a couple of scenarios, if I may. Please do. Uh, say someone is found uh, on the ground at a, a field or something like that, and the EMS go and they resuscitate the patient and they put them in the ambulance bay. We, we have a premature baby, a child, an adolescent, and, and a regular uh, child. And so we can mimic any clinical scenario we want to. So we can stop them breathing. We can change their heart rate. We can have them have no heart rate. Uh, And the idea is the people doing the resuscitation do whatever they think is appropriate. They change their airway. They might give them oxygen. They might give them medication. And then remotely, we can change all those things. So if they choose the wrong medication, we can make the patient worse. If they choose the correct medication, we can make the patient better. If we make them better, we can then make them worse again by changing some other parameters. So it gives them real-time feedback on the choices they make. The other nice feature is that all of this is recorded. So we can, after the scenario is over, we can go back and say, okay, here's what happened and here's what you should have done, or here's what happened, great job, here's what happened next, and so on. So we record all of that. The advantage to that and and the analogy I'd like to use, we were talking about golf earlier and and good golfers practice. Hopefully. (laughs) Good good football players practice. They do. I mean, the Broncos don't go out and just play a game every Sunday and do nothing the other six days of the week. That's correct. Medicine is no different. If you're in a critical situation, if you've been there before either practicing or in real life, you're more likely to choose the right avenue or treatment or what have you. The issue we found, and one of the reasons we generated this idea, is that we about 40% of our patients at Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children come from outside the uh, the Denver area. They're throughout the Rocky Mountain region. And think about if you're in a rural area in Colorado, Kansas, Nebraska, Wyoming, you might see a critically ill child or newborn once every three to five years. And so to be able to know exactly what to do in that moment of crisis, you have to practice. So, the idea is to take this mobile training unit to all those communities. And when we go to a community, we're generally there about three days because we want to train physicians, we want to train nurses, we want to train first responders, EMS units, and we even take it to schools because school nurses are sometimes put in a situation where they have to do these things. So, we'll spend three to four days in a community doing those exercises for all those constituents. So that they feel more
0: comfortable when they're in a situation where they have to resuscitate right, somebody. Right. So Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children, you guys sat down and said, we, we have a need here. Yes. And you've come up with this mobile unit.
1: And it wasn't available, so we had to design it with a manufacturer from the ground up. There's no other unit like this in the country.
0: It's amazing. And it's, it, I think you take it more than just the state of Colorado, don't you just have it We all, take it to much?
1: Wyoming, Kansas, and Nebraska because that's where our patients come from, and also throughout the state of Colorado.
0: Do people request it, or? Oh yes, yeah. we have a waiting list. I wonder in fact, about that. Uh,
1: We we probably could use a second one right now. the The wait list is getting to be quite long.
0: So you take this mobile unit out, and and it's a teaching, really a teaching yes. center, isn't it? Yes, exactly. I mean, you can help in emergency situations, as you just mentioned, but the teaching's got to be just phenomenal. And that's
1: primary; its pur- primary purpose of the unit is to teach. Uh, so we can take. Uh, say a, a nurse in a delivery room, she may only he or she may only encounter a premature baby once in their career, but they really have to be on the game if they do encounter such a situation. So we have a premature baby that they can resuscitate over and over again. We can give them different clinical situations, but remember the environment that they're working in is just like the one they're in in their hospital because the dimensions inside are were designed to mimic those situations. Same with the ambulance base. Same with the the regular
0: hospital unit. Right. But some of these hospitals in the rural area may not be as equipped as Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children. Isn't that true?
1: It is true, and and that's a good observation. We also provide, for example, in a rural hospital the list of equipment that we feel they should have available, and we help them know how to use that equipment. So uh, we like to think that once we visit such a, a hospital, when we leave, they feel a lot more comfortable and better equipped to take care of any child from newborn up to adolescence. And and you're absolutely correct. They may not know exactly what kind of equipment they need until they need it. Right. And so we provide them with a list of things that they should have, and we also teach them how to use that equipment.
0: Now, we talked about preemies, which is a big thing, uh, what you do with this mobile unit, but do you treat like Burns or asthma or other medical conditions? We teach
1: people how to stabilize all those things. Uh, And and like I say, there are four mannequins in a variety of age ranges, uh, so they can participate and actively practice on whatever age group they're looking at. And the other thing that, that generated this idea is if a child is sick at any age, The sooner you can begin to stabilize them, the better they're going to be when they get to our hospital. If we wait until they get to our hospital, depending on how far they had to come, they may be very unstable by the time they reach us. This mobile unit will teach them how to stabilize the patient long before they're in our doors. And so we think if the care can begin as soon as the child is identified as being unstable, the results will be much better.
0: So... Tell me if I'm right about this. If there's an emergency situation somewhere in the state of Colorado and they know that you have the advice, can they directly call? Absolutely. If somebody's
1: always with the mobile unit? They don't need to call the mobile unit, but they can call the units within our hospital, the intensive care unit, the neonatal intensive care unit, or the regular emergency room uh, for pediatrics. We have 24-7 physicians who are all board certified in-house 24-7, so they're just a phone call away. And then with the uh, addition of telemedicine, we can sometimes, depending on the equipment they have on their end, we can actually put a camera on the patient and give advice that way. And that's becoming much more popular than it was, say, 5, 10 years ago.
0: Well, you talk about immediate care. You probably can't get any faster than that. No, that's absolutely right.
1: And, you know, it's a big advantage for the physician on our end to actually put eyes on the patient. Uh, and so if you have one of these sophisticated cameras, and there are several of them throughout the state and actually throughout the region, most of them are in the emergency rooms. But you take that camera to the bedside, uh, the physician can ask the other physician questions one-on-one, what does the x-ray look like? We can actually see that remotely. Wow! Uh, if there are laboratory results, they can tell us that. If we ask for you know, various clinical signs, we can actually
0: look at them. And
1: that's available 24-7 throughout uh, the region.
0: So then the mobile unit can go out to these various health facilities. Is it always just hospitals, or is it physicians that have we,
1: clinics? We, we go to – we've gone to clinics. We've gone to schools because school nurses nowadays have oh. to take care of a lot of uh, situations like diabetics or asthmatics, uh, kids with feeding tubes, kids with breathing tubes. You know, they're in mainstream schools now, but the nurses uh, – we, we met with school nurses about a year ago and one of their requests was, boy, we'd really like to have some hands-on practice on how to handle some of these situations. So we go to schools, we go to clinics, we go to hospitals, anywhere we're requested.
0: And then how long is the training? Is it days? Do they have to have, like, classes? Do you teach classes? We, we teach classes. We do didactic sessions, and
1: then they can go and do the practical practice sessions. And then we debrief them because everything is recorded. So we can say, here's a different way to do that clinic situation. It usually, um, depending on what kind of class or experience uh, the individuals want, we can be there uh, all day sometimes. Uh, physicians have to do this training periodically to maintain their competencies. Uh, sometimes they're there all day. It, it just depends on what the request is.
0: So the people that run the training center, the mobile unit that we're talking about from Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children, what is their training? Are they doctors, nurses? or All of the above. Okay. We have nurses who are specially trained on how to give
1: these classes. We have physicians who are specially trained and certified to be teachers in these classes. Uh, and they have to keep their training up to date as well. So what kind of feedback are you getting? Excellent feedback. The, the demand is far exceeding the availability. That's why I think it'll be not too distant future. We'll have a second one of these. Uh, I think it's a tremendous asset to the community. I think it, it provides better care for patients
0: when they're at their highest need. And you don't make house calls with it. <laughs> no, people, yeah, God, like, well, they come to my house if I have an emergency. No, but that would be a nice service to have. Yeah. Just this tele-, this telemedical thing you were talking about, because I had a chance to see that in the medical unit. It's amazing. Yes. The technology is incredible. It is. And,
1: you know, medicine is keeping up with the technology. Um, the demand is exceeding the availability at the moment. But I think as, as time goes on, this is going to be more and more available. I imagine a situation, Murphy, where... Uh, someone presents to an emergency room, and there's not a pediatric emergency physician available, uh, but there's a question, should this patient be admitted to the hospital? Should we send them home and have them see their pediatrician or family practitioner the next day? And, And the physician in the emergency room is still not quite sure what to do. With this telemedicine feature, they can call and speak to an emergency room physician who is a pediatrician, and they can give advice on what to do, what to watch for, when to become concerned, and so on. So it's
0: very valuable. Well, this mobile unit with the Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children, tell me why that training is so valuable. Because when a child, adult for that
1: matter, but we're really interested in children in this feature, if they're really sick and become unstable, you have a matter of minutes sometimes to change that course. And if you're prepared and relaxed and, and know how to think and know how to react to these situations, And again, as we said earlier, practice is very valuable. So this training unit will allow people to drill down over and over again on a variety of clinical situations, and they get immediate feedback. Prior to this, you you could say, well, if you did this, that would have happened or something. But with this mobile training unit, we can change the vital signs. We can change the breathing habits, breathing breathing patterns. They can give a medication. If it's the wrong medication, we can make the patient worse. And so they get immediate feedback, and they have no idea this is going on because the the control room is apart from where they're working, so they can't see what's going on. Right. But it's all recorded, so they get the feedback. So it's very, very valuable. Fewer mistakes, I would imagine. Hopefully, yes.
0: That's the whole plan. That's a wonderful situation. It really is. Who's received training from the mobile training unit? I mentioned... Is it? We talked about doctors, nurses. Is it emergency room people we, like they drive
1: ambulances? We, we've done uh, EMS. Uh, you know, the first responders need this experience. We've gone to a variety of first responder units throughout the state and in Wyoming. We haven't gone to Kansas and Nebraska yet, but we plan on uh, going there. But we go to EMS. We've gone to various emergency rooms throughout the city and throughout the region, throughout the state. And like I say, in Wyoming, we've gone to schools because school nurses need this training. We plan on going. The school nurses have a, a couple of meetings every year that are statewide where right. nurses come from all over. We're going to present this there, and so they can get some experience. So like I say, the demand is is outstripping the availability at the moment.
0: Well, I guess that's a good thing. Yes. It really is. Yeah. Do you have partners in this? Do you partner up with uh, other Medical-type people with the mobile unit? Just, just the people
1: that are with Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children. Uh, but we welcome input and feedback, uh, you know, because we want to make this a better experience for everybody. So we're always open to, to ideas and, and how we can make this process better and more efficient.
0: So Reggie, you're a kind of a, an advanced thinker. What's, what's your plan for the future for these mobile units? What would you What would you like to see it end up being?
1: I would like to see uh, several of them. I would like to see them on the road seven days a week. Uh, I would like to see physicians, nurses, EMS, school individuals, staff people within hospitals receive this training at least once or twice a year, depending on uh, you know their availability. I think it's going to become, sooner or later, the standard of how people maintain their competencies.
0: Especially in rural areas. Yes, where it's very needed. Yes. In Colorado, there's a. you get out of the city of Denver, it's pretty rural. There's and a then, lot of needs there. Absolutely. You and know. then
1: if you go to Wyoming or western Nebraska, western Kansas, it's even more acute, uh, the the shortage of experience. Because remember, uh, emergency rooms, freestanding emergency rooms and others, only see sick children maybe once every couple of years, but they need to be on their game when they're faced with that situation.
0: Why is it so infrequent that they see these patients?
1: Well, just because right. there are not that many kids yeah. in, in those areas, and their kids are generally healthy. Uh, you, when you think of crises in health, you think of you know older people. Well, that's you true. Don't, you, that's don't true. Think, you don't think of young kids and, and uh, you know, at Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children, obviously that's all we do, so we see all these sick kids, but if you go out into other areas, uh, you you may not realize that that's an issue. And, and if you're a family practitioner or, or an internist or an emergency room physician, your pediatric experience becomes very limited, especially with very sick kids.
0: I'll bet. And they can't really take time off to go someplace to be educated. Absolutely. So we take it to them, and it's much easier. That's a great thing. We're talking with uh, Dr. Reggie Washington, Chief Medical Officer for Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children and their mobile training center. So people are probably thinking, that's great. What's the cost involved? Is there a cost to have them come to my my school and talk to my school nurse? It, it
1: depends on what they need. If they're getting certification, uh, there there's various uh, certifications that people have to have for pediatric advanced life support, for example, is what pediatricians have to take uh, to maintain their competencies. Uh, There's one for the neonatal unit. Uh, If you're a nurse or a physician who delivers babies, you have to have these competencies. We do charge for that certification. If we're going to just give practice sessions, there's no charge for that Um, because we have foundations and others who are helping us support this. But it, it just depends on the service. We're not in this to make any money. Uh, we're, we're just in it to provide the service because, again, we look at it as an extension of the care that we provide patients. Uh, because, you know, if, if you're a sick child, you don't want to stop and think, uh, is the person who's taking care of me competent and the person transporting me to the hospital competent? The people who work in the hospital, are they competent? We want that to be seamless, and we're, we just want the training to be as good as it can be.
0: Now, I know it's Rocky Mountain Hospital for
1: Children, but do you work with other hospitals? We work with other hospitals who uh, request. Uh, we're, we're going uh, to the mountain communities later this month. Uh, we don't discriminate on who gets the care, who gets the training. That's good. Uh, we do prioritize depending upon the size of the hospital and their need and, and how rural they are and those kinds of things because we do uh, have to prioritize how we do this training. Uh, but no, you don't have to be related to our hospital to receive these services.
0: I want to back up just a little bit. I, I guess what really caught my attention when I had a chance to see the uh, mobile training center are the mannequins themselves. What kind of technology is that? I mean, it's,
1: it, it's like they're real children. It's it's absolutely amazing, and the uh, the computerization of these mannequins is absolutely remarkable. We can change. Uh, if you're examining the mannequin, we can change their skin color, their skin tone, their tone. Uh, we can change their blood pressure. We can. They actually have arteries and veins that you need to practice putting in IVs. If you don't put it inappropriately, it won't work. Uh, you can put breathing tubes in them. Uh, and if you put the breathing tube in the wrong place, it won't work. I mean, all of these things, and it's all computerized so we can track all of these things. And we can, like I say, change their vital signs. We can make their heart beat very erratically. We can stop their hearts. We can make them beat faster. We can make them beat erratically. And if they put an electrocardiogram, for example, on the mannequin, we can change what they see with that. And like I say, we give them real-time feedback if they change – Uh, one of those parameters with a medication or a drug, we can make them better or make them worse. And the key, Murphy, is they get real-time feedback.
0: Oh, that's incredible. It really is. And you have the different age mannequins depending on the situation. And I saw the one for the preemie. There's a preemie child Mm -hmm. involved, which we all know is a premature birth, and unfortunately that's very common. And, of course, the March of Dimes walk that day I was there. It dealt a lot with preemies. Yes. You should have seen the parents looking at this technology and all these were healthy children these premiums now they're growing up and they thought boy I wish I had that or <laughs> knew about that about five six seven eight yeah, years ago absolutely and you continue to help that yeah. uh, I was curious because I was reading in my notes here are there other programs that run through the mobile training unit for the general community and you mentioned here caregiver certification babysitting yes
1: if you think about it um, there could I, I can't imagine a more uh, stressful or frightening situation than a babysitter encountering a child who stopped breathing, for example.
0: Oh, good point. And
1: so they can practice that. They can do the hands-only CPR, uh, which is now very popular, and you you can actually show the, the child or the teenager, whoever's doing this, the proper pressure to use because if they use too much, the mannequin will let them know. If they don't use enough, it's not effective. And that's true for adults as well. So we go to health fairs, for example, and general lay people can come, and they, they won't do the sophisticated IVs and all those kinds sure, of things. Sure. But they can do a hands-only uh, resuscitation, and if they're not giving the appropriate uh, pressure when they're doing the resuscitation,
0: the mannequin won't respond. So they get oh, immediate wow.
1: feedback. So it, it's very useful
0: for that as well. It's an all-around training center then. Absolutely. It, it, not necessarily just for medical personnel. Oh, uh,
1: not at all. It's, it's used for the entire community. And like I say, when we go to a rural community we will likely be there three to four days because we want to meet nurses, we want to f- see physicians, we want to do EMS uh, responders, and we want to do lay people at a health fair, for example.
0: So, so since you were so crucial in developing these uh, mobile training units, what would you like to add to what you already have?
1: I think uh, we were very pleased with how it came out. Like I say, we a lot of people, we had a whole team of individuals designing the unit from the ground up. Um, I think we'd make a few adjustments, but pretty much uh, we're very happy with the way it turned out. And like I say, we do need another one
0: very quickly. <laughs> so, what's happening with that? Is there another one in
1: process? Not, not yet. Uh, we want to get the you know ma- make sure the processes are all working, make sure our scheduling processes are good. Uh, but it won't be too long before we start a second one.
0: Well, that'll be phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Are they built right here in Denver? Oh no, it was built back east, and there were various components. The mannequin people had to talk to the RV people, and the RV people had to talk to the communication folks and the cameras. There were about five or six different manufacturers that had to come together and put this together. So is that all
0: under your medical supervision, saying this is what we need? Yes. How is that going to work? We, we
1: had a team of people, uh, instructors who have been doing this for many years, saying, boy, that would really be nice to have this feature uh, we even had people who have to drive it decide on you know what that would look like and how many people we could put in it when it's being transported from location to location. We even had uh, struggles finding out where to store it because oh, of the size big. of it and the, <laughs> and the yeah. security because there are a lot there's a lot of very expensive equipment in it. So everything from soup to nuts we had to design from the ground up. Now the good news is when we make our second one. Uh, we will learn from all of that, and it won't be quite as cumbersome as getting it second one done.
0: I'm, well, I'm curious, I guess for my own self, and maybe you guys are curious, you mentioned the driver. What kind of experience does that person have to have?
1: They have to have, uh, obviously, a license to drive such a vehicle. Uh, they don't have any medical training, although ideally, if we could have one of the instructors be certified as a driver, that would be ideal. Exactly.
0: Uh, so we're learning all those things as we move along. So does the medical help? travel inside the unit when you're driving? Only or they... two people. Oh, only it's... two people because it's only
1: equipped for two people with yeah, seat belts and all those yeah, kinds of things. it's pretty tight. So people either fly up to these various locations and do the training and then fly back to Denver, or they may drive in a separate vehicle.
0: It's an outstanding piece of merchandise. Hope you guys get a chance to see it. Uh, it's through Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children. And if we're medical professionals out there now or whatever, how do they request you to come to our – Oh,
1: that's a good question. Thank you for bringing that up, Murphy. All they do is call the hospital and ask to speak to the educators, and we will put them in touch with the individuals who do the scheduling, and then there's a, a variety of questions we need to ask about where the community is and who's going to use it and that sort of thing. And then, as you can imagine, uh, to do this efficiently, you don't want to go out one day and drive back to Denver and then go out another day and drive back to Denver. Oh, so right. It's kind of like uh, scheduling an airplane. You know, you want an airplane to go from airport to airport to airport, and we want this to go from hospital community to hospital community. So we're working
0: on that, um, and we're learning a lot about how to do that. Well, that takes a lot of planning. Yes. Because, yeah. obviously, there's tremendous – I can't imagine – tremendous fuel – expenses with this mobile unit.
1: Well, not as bad as you might think. I mean, there are a lot of people drive these RVs, but, uh, you know, the scheduling, and I, I need to thank Health One and the Rocky Mountain Children's Health Foundation who helped fund these things. Uh, without them as partners, we couldn't have, have done this. But, um, you know, we really will uh, expand, and I think this is well needed in the community, and I think it's been well received.
0: Oh, I think it has been. You should have seen the curiosity of those folks at that yeah. uh, that walk, the March of Dimes walk. It was phenomenal. And I walked in there like, I was, I was like a little kid. I was giddy. What is all this? How does it work? And, Doc, you've been, in, obviously, in the medical field for a long time. Can you believe how far the technology has come since you started? Oh, it's amazing. It truly is amazing. Uh, even five years ago, if,
1: if a physician's going through his pediatric advanced life support training, for example, uh, you just sit there with a, with a you know, piece of paper saying, all right, here's what the heart rate looks like. What are you going to do? And then if the person says, I administered this medication, and you hand them another piece of paper and say, well, now this is what it looks like. What do you think? Now they're looking at an EKG screen just like they would in their practice or ambulance or hospital, and they get this real-time feedback. It's just so much more realistic and so much uh, it's more instantaneous, and its re- it just gives them real-time feedback, which is phenomenal.
0: Well, it would help make whatever situation they're working on make more sense if you can see it in a real-time situation. And
1: even such procedures like putting a breathing tube down, you know, you can practice that. Uh, It's it's very difficult to practice if you don't have a mannequin to actually do the intubations with, uh, intubations where we put the tube down, the the breathing tube. And so, you know, just that real-time feedback and the practice and repetitions people get it's phenomenal experience that you couldn't get five ten years ago.
0: That's incredible, but that's why you have the Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children's Mobile Training Center because yes. you can take that education and take it to rural areas or city areas and bring it bring it right to the professionals yeah. that need and, it. And remember,
1: people, uh, if you live in rural
0: anywhere, uh, to take
1: a day off or two days off to come and get this training in another city city. Is difficult and problematic, but if it comes to you, many more people are
0: likely to take advantage of it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the list must be long. It is. So <laughs> yeah. w- when you do the training, uh, I don't know why this is popping into my head, do people have to actually get in the training center, or do you set up mobile capabilities in a room? They sit there, and you're doing it inside the we, training we, center?
1: We do both. They're didactic sessions, so they may go. A typical scenario might be for some classroom presentations initially. Uh, to go over the material uh, and, you know, give the didactic part and then go out to the mobile training center and get the experience with what what you're doing and then go back into the classroom and play the tapes or videos uh, of what you actually did. But there's also a way to play those videos. There's a big large screen on the outside of the RV. Oh, there is. Where you can actually see all of that as well. And, and in fact... There's a scenario where you can have, say you have 10 people in the class, you can have nine of them watching this big screen and the one person doing the procedure inside. So you can, wow. you can see your partners do good things and bad things. So it, it is truly designed only for this purpose of training. So every inch of the vehicle has a purpose, and it's all
0: geared towards training. I can't even imagine what thought process went behind you. A lot of
1: We had a great team of people who came up with all these ideas. I'd, I'd list them, but I'd leave some people out. But there's a whole team of people at the Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children who were behind
0: the design of this. How long did it take for you guys to come up with the design?
1: It took us about six months. Well, that's and not then, so, I'm thinking and then, years. Well, and then working with the manufacturers because they had never done anything oh, quite like this before. So like I say, when we do the second one, it'll be much easier because we've, we've been down that road. You've got the basic plan. you probably won't
0: change that much. Correct. We'll make some adjustments. Sure. But uh, the basic plan is in place. It's all a a learning experience for you guys as well as to what's working and what's not working. And we learned a lot. Well, it's a great thing. I mean, I hope you guys get a chance to see it sometime. And if you're a professional listening that uh, you want to have this mobile unit involved with your career, let's back up a little bit here, Reg, and uh, let's, here in our last minute, talk about how can somebody get the Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children's mobile training unit to their facility.
1: They, they just simply call the hospital and ask to speak for the education department at Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children. We'll return their call with some basic information, and some questions, uh, and then we'll, you know, see how they fit into the queue of people who demand it. But it's scheduled for like nine months
0: out already. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the waiting uh, list like? For but that? we
1: can we can alter that depending on the location. And like I say, if they're near a place that's already been scheduled we can put them in that queue because we really want it to be out in the community. We don't want it to be sitting in our hospital.
0: Oh, no, it doesn't do any good sitting around. Correct. Well, Dr. Reggie Washington, who is the uh, medical chief medical officer for Rocky Mountain Hospital for Children and a gentleman I've known for many, many years, a class guy, thanks for coming in today. Thank you, Murphy. We appreciate the opportunity. Well, that's great. You guys got to see that mobile unit sometime. It's spectacular. Thank you all for listening. It's Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston, and we'll talk to you next week.